three, two, one, we're going. All right. Well, thank you for joining our podcast. Uh, about a year ago, three of us decided what the world really needs is a podcast because there's just such a <laughs> yeah. dirt out there. Yeah, weren't we that many around. Yeah, yeah. So we decided to fill the void and start our own podcast. But then the conundrum was, well, what do we do a podcast about? So that <clears throat> is our podcast. So please welcome to uh, Three Friends in Search of a Podcast. My name is Brad, and joining me is Jeremy and Lou Dog. Yo, yo. Lou, Lou Dog, that, that's good. And I think we, we brought this up a couple of episodes ago. We need to work on um, our, our, our nicknames. Yeah. yeah. Brad, Jeremy, and Lou is fine. It has a good ring to it, but it just doesn't have the, you know, the, the, the sizzle, the flair. Yeah, we do need to work on the nicknames, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to use my one from uh, my first year of college that my frat Uh-oh. friends gave me. Uh oh. Which is sweet motherfucking. <laughs> no, it's a uh, sweet motherfucking Lou. Hmm. <laughs> so you fucked your mother in college. Got it. Whoa. Hey, this is your nickname. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> okay, boys. What <laughs> So let's start this podcast off right. What are you guys drinking? What beer are you drinking? Uh, Jeremy, why don't you start? All right. All right. I uh, Well, as you know, I am vacationing right now in um, beautiful, sunny New Mexico. So I have... Um, Where at? Santa- New Mexico? I am in uh, Albuquerque. And okay. like, literally like 20 minutes ago, just came back from uh, Santa Fe. So I've been, you know, touring around here and um, in in good local fashion, I've got Santa Fe Brewing Company's um, Nut Brown Ale, which nice. um, is quite delicious. A very kind of traditional English style Nut Brown Ale um, done done very well by a good old good old Santa Fe Brewing Company. Nice. What's the uh, ABV on that? Uh, 6.4, I think. Okay. That, that makes my uh, qualifications. All right. <laughs> Minimum so, threshold. Louis, motherfucking right? Lou, what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking, uh, and this one's kind of funny because we're going to talk about music a little later. So this one's called Vulgar Display of Flower. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're Pantera fans, named after Pantera's second album, Vulgar Display of Power. And this is from uh, Middleton, New York. So huh. it's it's a, it's from a ways away. I got it also at Bottle Works, and it's a pint can. And I think that uh, maybe it was the shipping fees, but it was like uh, seven bucks, which is kind of a lot for a can. It's mm, what kind of pay? It's a it's an, uh, a flowery IP or a fruity IPA. Fruity IPA. Okay. Okay. Mm, Hoppy and bitter, but it's also an 8.5. So it is a vulgar display of flour. Packs a little bit of a punch. Yeah. We'll see how Uh, I'm doing at the end of this podcast after this thing. (laughs) There you go. Well, so I am drinking Stash Panda, the hazy IPA. Um, I feel like it's kind of become the trendy beer in the last year or two. I mean, I always see signs for it whenever i'm at a bar or restaurant hmm. it's one of those beers that always seems to be offered on every like you know anytime there's a, a a bunch of beers available on tap this seems to be one of them uh but for good reason man i think it's it's definitely a good hazy is, uh, is stash um, panda is that one of the cryo hop beers that we were talking about last episode yeah i think so i think yeah. so. I think it's one of those yeah, it's um, super popular it is really popular. It has a little dash of grapefruit peel, and I don't normally like fruit in my beer, but um, for the hazy, it's good. And coincidentally enough, Stash Panda was Brad's nickname in college. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't be cracking jokes like that when I'm taking a drink. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, man. Uh, oh god! Yeah, we're going to have to work on that on the nicknames. <laughs> All right. Well, let's plunge right into the uh, topic at hand. So uh, the way we do it with most podcasts is um, we take turns hosting. This week, it's it's my turn hosting. 
And whoever the host is kind of gets to like lay on the table uh, a topic to debate for, uh, you know, a possible podcast. Mm -hmm. And so this week, I think this is something we've talked about before, but basically, you know, what is your current relationship with music? Mm -hmm. And and I'll start with mine because I think it'll kind of set the pace for for the discussion. Uh, So going back, and this is relevant, uh, going back, I'd say in my teens and 20s, I was a total connoisseur of music. And when I say connoisseur, I mean, like, I consumed music. It was a big part of my identity. Um, I read, like, I religiously read every monthly issue of Rolling Stone, Spin, the rocket, everything like that, keeping up on music. I was constantly going to shows every paycheck. You know, I'd visit the music store and load up on a few CDs. Um, so I was really, really into music. And of course, the three of us met in Seattle in the 90s. And at that point, you know, Seattle was like one of the musical meccas of, of the world. Mm-hmm. So it was a great yeah. place. Mm-hmm. In the- um. So that was, you know, that was my, for at least a couple of decades. Then in, in, when we reached our thirties, we started having kids. And for me, I was still really into music and I was still into new music, you know, which was important because that was a big part of my earlier years is discovering new bands. There was just a thrill with discovering a new band and then like really getting into them and checking them out in concert and, you know, really kind of following their career and stuff. Um, it tapered off a little in my thirties though. And I think, you know, we had kids and stuff, so things change, but I was still into, uh, discovering new bands, you know, groups like the shins and modest mouse and the Decemberist and white stripes. And, and even on the hip hop side, you know, that's, I think when I discovered outcast and Jurassic five, that was the, the first decade of, of the two thousands, you know, the odds, but for me, something happened when I got in my 40s, and it just dropped off, and I just stopped paying attention to new music. I still listen to music, but I stopped caring about new bands and what was going on in the musical world, and I just kind of got stuck, I think, more on a nostalgic tip as far as like what I was listening to, mm-hmm. and it really became mm-hmm. apparent to me uh, probably about five or six years ago. I remember seeing a lineup for Lollapalooza in Chicago, because now it's no <laughs> and longer... And you didn't know half the bands on there. <laughs> right. Is that like, where we're going with this? Guys? I didn't know any of them. I didn't know hardly any of them. Like, maybe oh, yeah. a couple of the headliners. Yeah. Or uh, have you guys seen the last few years lined up for uh, the Capitol Hill Block Party? Mm-hmm. Not a clue, man. I don't recognize Hell any of these people. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's just interesting, and I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because... And I just stopped caring about it because music changed and it, it, the, the new stuff coming out didn't really appeal to me or if it's just an age thing. Cause I think that happens, yeah. you know, right. uh, I think there's a reason why you don't see 70 year olds going to like shows with a bunch of 20 somethings. Right. Cause it's, it's just an age thing. You stop caring about new music at a certain point. So I'm not sure what it is exactly. Maybe it's a combination of everything, but, um, yeah, I think I'm the music I listen to, if I'm being honest, but there's not a lot of new music from new artists. It's mostly just either stuff that I've listened to already in the past that was on regular rotation for me, or if I'm discovering something new, it's something from the past, you know, like something. Rediscovering something. Like some old country artist from the 40s or something yeah. like that I'm now discovering. So what about you guys? What, what is your relationship with music? Do you guys identify with what I'm saying? Where are you guys at? Oh, we're we're not gonna let you off the hook that easy, Brad. Um, I have a follow up <laughs> question, my friend. All right, so no, this is good. This is good. This, this is a great. You're, you're laying down the, the the groundwork for us to kind of uh, bounce off of. So I appreciate that. So, but okay. no, this is this is great, and I could totally relate to just about all the shit you just said, right? So let me let me ask you though, have have you thought about like your personal experience? How like kind of typical do you think that is? for someone of your and our generation you know what i'm saying yeah yeah well, i would say that I think it, it is pretty of, typical oh, go ahead red oh i was just gonna say I, I think it is pretty typical just other people i talk to seem to have kind of like similar experiences yeah yeah but but i'm not sure i mean because everyone's different everyone's different musically and with their mm-hmm. exact taste and stuff so i don't know if this is just something that's specific to me i don't know 
Well, you can look at the way radio is programmed. And remember when we were growing up, there was 70s AOR radio, Zeppelin, yeah. Aerosmith, right. Cheap Trick, The Cars, mm-hmm. all Sabbath, all these bands that were before us, but the people of the generation that were programming radio, that was their stuff. And then they were stuck on it. So there was the classic rock radio station in Reno, and that's what they played. Yeah. Zeppelin and Aerosmith yeah. and ACDC. And that's what those people like. And they never really grew out of it. So when it was in the 90s and it was Soundgarden, Bond, Alice in Change, and I was trying to turn people onto this, and they were like, no, that stuff's shit. It's not Zeppelin. <laughs> it's not good. And then, so in Seattle, we had 107.7 The End, and that was kind of a ground zero of that music and a, a sort of tastemaker radio station for all that stuff in the 90s. Yeah. And then in the 2000s, they got stuck in that same rut. So what KOZZ was to me growing up in Winnemucca, that became for the next generation. And the joke I would make was like, 107.7 The End, still playing Nirvana. And it's they kind didn't. of true, though. Yeah. So that it was almost they got stuck there. They weren't playing new alternative rock. They were playing Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. The nineties class rock. Yeah. Th- that was the nineties class. And so I think every in whatever music you like in your late teens and your twenties, a lot of people get stuck there. Yeah. So I don't think it's that uncommon. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. You're right. And I remember growing up and my parents, like, you know, the music they would listen to was stuff like <laughs> Elvis and the Beach Boys and the Mamas and the Papas. It was stuff from when they were in their, you know, 20s, pretty much. And I remember always thinking, like, why the hell, why aren't they listening to, the, like, the new music that's coming out at that time? Why are they stuck? But now I kind of get it. Yeah. I hear what about that. I mean, what's your what's your relationship? No, I, I can I can totally relate to your your experience and a lot of a lot of parallels in, in the same way, for sure. Like um, I was super, super into music, like in high school and, and, and college. And you guys know, like I was like the cassette king, man. I had like just hundreds and hundreds of cassettes and I had like fucking everything you could you could imagine. But, you know, my, my obsession with music was a little different than the way you described it, Brad. Like I was I was all into the consumption like i couldn't i couldn't hear enough of it like i was always wanting to listen to more listen to you know new stuff but i didn't really um care that much about getting into like you know reading about the bands like you said you know reading about rolling stones reading about the artists and all that kind of stuff and the interviews and and getting into Uh like the albums and like opening up the liner notes and all you know getting into the you know the the whole background of the band to me is all about like yeah 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 that that's all fine and good but i I just i want to hear this one song that i really like or i want to hear this one album that i really like and and things like that but that i mean that definitely you know, it continues on as you get older, for sure. And I can totally relate to the fact that, like, yes, the stuff that, like, super sparked my interest and got me super jazzed when I was, like, 18, 19, 20 years old, I still dig now. You know, I still go back and listen to, like, you know, I remember, like, the first time I heard – um Oh gosh, like like uh, classic Metallica, right? Like the first time yeah. I heard like you know like Metal Up the Ass and like Garage Days Revisited and and you know shit like that. It's like oh my god, it's yeah. like oh this is fucking amazing and and like and and I'm I realize I'm totally dating myself here, but like the first time <laughs> I heard. Uh, like, you know, Motley Crue's first album or like Def Leppard's first album or whatever. You know, I was like 14 or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, my God, sure. this is the greatest, greatest shit ever, you know. And, and yeah. you know, now I look back and think, oh, OK, that, that, that was cute, you know. But that kind of music, um, you know, definitely stuck with me for sure. But it also evolved over time, right? Like, like now I find myself you know, actively seeking out harder and harder metal, right? Like, you know, those bands, like, you know, 80s and 90s metal bands that were, you know, we look back now and it's like, ah, those are kind of crappy bands, right? But they absolutely planted a seed. They planted a seed that, like, I'm still kind of pursuing now. Okay. And it's and it's and and I hate to admit it, but a lot of it is from a, a position of like paranoia. Like ever since I was a kid, how's that? I, well, I had like this fear that like there's really great music that's out there that everybody is really enjoying and really rocking out to, and I don't know about it, right? Like because okay. I. I you know, I just I don't have the CD or I don't have the cassette or I, I'm just I'm clueless or whatever. So I like I constantly had this fear that's like I need to find good music because there's these really awesome bands that everybody's like totally into and everybody knows about except for me. 
right? So <laughs> that was a, that was that was my you know paranoia was constantly fueling my my obsession with consuming new music because I was like, man, I bet there's like some awesome really great out band that's even better than than uh, Motley Crue, but I don't know about them because I'm clueless or whatever. So it it and and that I hate to admit it, but that that still persists even to this day. I'm sure there's just like fantastic music out there that you and everybody else is like totally familiar with. Like, oh yeah, that band they were they were hot ten years ago and. Like, I don't even know about him because I'm just, you know, clueless. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, It's and at some point, um, so you didn't want to miss out on anything is what you're totally. saying. Totally, yeah, totally. Well, and now we it's can get super into, the, into the old man thing, and uh, I don't know if this will come through, but I, I, got, a, I got a sound bite here. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, it is, is this? Barry cost a nickel, and in those days, <laughs> nickels had pictures of bumblebees on them. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. So that that's kind of uh, <laughs> where we're going with this, right? At some point, you're just More an old man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, and I, in, in regards to Abe Simpson, I think at this point, I was kind of bagging on the peop- my my sister and and her generation, the people that were 10 years older than me that weren't listening to all this great 90s music like you're not even trying it's awesome now it sucks right oh yeah is that fair to say you know part of it is that there's only so much you can do with you know three chords and a guitar so that's kind of all been covered there's only so many ways you can take metal and like there's if you listen to new metal it all pretty much sounds kind of derivative of all the subgenres that were established before that maybe it's a little faster it's a little angrier it's trying to be a little more hardcore but it's kind of the same thing like cannibal corpse kind of laid down as furious and fast as you can get you got the double bass and the blast beats and cookie monster vocals and you can't make metal more extreme than swedish death metal so metal's been taken as far as it'll go rock's been taken as far as it'll go what's that zeppelin ripoff band that is kind of the millennials are digging greta van fleet Mm. Fleet, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listen to them and they totally are like an amalgam of 70s boogie metal. Yeah. And it's like yeah. if you like those guys, eventually you can go to your Spotify machine and you can look up Zeppelin and ACDC and Aerosmith. And I think yeah. those the kids will be digging that, too. But um, so in terms of what you're listening to now, Brad, pull up your uh, Spotify and click on your search section. And tell me the last uh, 10 things you've been listening to. And how about you, Jeremy? Tell me the last uh, five things you listened to. Well, you know, yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you, but I'm going to disagree with you. Right. Because you because, son of a bitch. Well, you, you, well you, <laughs> you you dissed yourself when you started. It's like you are. I know I'm going to sound like an old man with this. Like, uh, yeah. Right. This is a super like old man kind of phenomenon. But I think the, the reason I kind of like quote unquote disagree it's not really disagreeing it's it's agreeing with you while disagreeing at the same time because i think you're right but i think every generation goes through that same shit right so so what we're experiencing is nothing like because we're old it's because every generation goes through this kind of shit and every kind of musical genre experiences this kind of um you know epiphany type of moment with like have have we have we evolved to the to the epicenter of the genre and there there is no more right and and i think every you know, every genre has gone through that, like historically, right? So people back in the 90s and the 70s and 60s and 50s, 40s and 30s and 20s were probably saying to themselves, "Yeah, the music's not going to get any better than this," right? As they're, you know, as they're putting in their dentures, right? But <laughs> haven't th- seen th- anything like it since Jolson. Right. So, but, but to me, it's like you're right, but also the 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 beauty of it is, and and the reason that I I, I kind of still pursue the new music is that even if even if you think that the the genre has been played out and there's nothing unique or new to be ever created from it there's still that band that'll come out and just does it a little bit differently and a little bit better than everybody else and you're just like that's it that's it right there but so here's Brad, a- Brad and Jeremy you both oh I'm sorry catch off go Brad I was just going to say, like, you're talking about that band, like the next, I don't know, Nirvana or whoever, right? That's going to come out at some point and kind of like turn the music yeah. world upside down on its head. 
But are we going to care? Like, are we going to be tuned into that? Or are we going to be... Maybe yeah, we might not. Yeah, we might not. Well, it, it, it'll last come, I come and go and we'll Billie be like, Eilish, eh. She sucks. See, I like Billie Eilish. I love Billie Eilish, dude. Really? You guys, oh, are, yeah. you guys are doing oh, all right yeah. then. <laughs> well, you, 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 you both have kids that are about 20, so they're right in the wheelhouse yeah. of what's cool. Have they turned you on to anything? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I can't say that. The, the, yeah, yeah, I think, Brad, you, you are way luckier than me. My my kid is um, he's been he's been kind of turned on with with his friends, not due to my influence at all, unfortunately, to like uh, old classic metal. Like he was he was telling me about like discovering Black Sabbath and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's my boy. <laughs> nice. But it was all and now it's, it, he didn't care about what I listened to. And with Spotify, like, if, if I do appreciate that, and I'm sorry for all the artists, they're getting totally fucked up the ass. But yeah. nowadays, we would have to, if you want to get into Zeppelin, you go pick a couple Zeppelin albums, and that would cost you $25, $30. Now you can just go on Spotify and listen to every album that's been recorded in the last 100 years. So yeah. you do cool. see a lot of kids that are discovering all those bands for the first time now and digging it. And they're like, Oh, this guy, David Bowie's amazing. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I hate to admit from, it. I, um, I do know from, from my daughter's generation, um, that rock is dead and hip hop is the new punk rock, but it's a different form of hip hop than what we're used to. And to me, all the hip hop artists they listen to kind of all sound like there's, just, like, there's <laughs> yes. a few exceptions. Like yeah, you know, sure. Lamar, I think, is is a good example of someone that I, you know, is a pretty is considered a new hip hop artist that that I can appreciate. But so many of them, like trying to think, like per, Smoke Perp. Um, I'm trying to remember all their names, but I can't, man. But I don't know. I'm just guys not, trying I'm not to be new relevant hip-hop bands this, this is this is good <laughs> so i don't know if you guys have been listening to them i listen to them kind of through osmosis because that's what yeah. madeline and her friends yeah. listen to so when they're hanging out at the house and stuff that's what's playing and i try to like tune in you know to see kind of what what this current scene's all about and yeah i'm just not digging it and i again may, maybe it's just an age thing maybe i am just becoming an old fogey i don't know but i'm not digging it well, let me no, ask because it, it sucks. Part of it is that the um the golden age of hip hop, which is like all the '90s stuff, yeah, Public Enemy, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, like they were sample fools, and now like they've caught on to the game. And if you want to sample, you got to pay through the nose through it. So sampling is not allowed. So all you get is what little crappy trap beats you can make on your drum machine or your uh, Apple garage tunes, whatever, you know? Well, and there's no more um, hip hop groups, man. Like you were mentioning public enemy outcast tribe called quest de la soul, all those like classic hip hop groups. Now there's only solo artists. There's no more groups doing it as a collective anymore. It's these like kids you know, starting up on um, Spotify and releasing their own stuff and gaining a fan club that way. But it's weird. There's no more groups. Yeah, and that and that's sad. I gotta say, but uh, the one uh, new band I, I listen to, and they're not even new. They're on their seventh or eighth album. Is Every Time I Die, which is a uh, it, it's metal. And metal. It's, yeah, it's it's serious metal. They get, um, if you look them up on Wikipedia, they get put into a genre called metalcore, which okay. is basically the bastard child of hardcore punk, like um, DOA, Dead Kennedys, Bad Brains, Circle Jerks, mixed with thrash. So it's got like, it's basically metal, but it's got the double bass and it's like furious metal. It's not for the faint of heart. And so there's like, you know, the Pantera, Metallica, serious, chunky grooves with a guy who's just spitting fire the whole time and screaming every song. 
So I really like Every Time I Die, but I, I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone per se because it is pretty fierce metal. I always think of my father-in-law, Ron, who likes classical and he likes jazz and he likes Broadway. And whenever I play him <laughs> some music in the car, he's like, oh, my God, that's horrible. What the hell? How do people listen to that? And so, know your uh, audience, Lou. Know your audience. Yeah, no shit, right? Okay, well, great example, Lou. So do you think that band you just mentioned, mentioned I already forgot their name. Every Time I Die. Every Time I Die. Do you, do you feel that they are the natural evolution of the music that you know and love growing up? Or is it a a, a a whole new found thing in your in your golden years that you have discovered? No, absolutely. It's totally like similar to what I loved growing up because mm-hmm. I loved hardcore mm-hmm. punk and I love thrash and they mm-hmm. do it. They do it perfectly. Yeah. And so, yeah, th- that falls right in my wheelhouse. In fact, uh, and, and to show how old I am, the first time I looked them up was like four years ago and they came out with an album called Low Teens. And it was kind of a thing that popped up on Spotify. I was listening to another new band, Code Orange, and it just popped up like, oh, you like Code Orange? You'll probably like these guys. Oh, my God, this is awesome. The Low Teens. And I was telling everybody, you need to listen to the Low Teens. And it wasn't until like a month of listening to him, I realized that was the name of the album. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Never mind. (laughs) And uh, and it was kind of cool because they called it. I thought Low Teens was the good name of for like a fuck it all band the low teens you know they're down mm-hmm. and out they're high they're uh forgotten and but it's actually they're from buffalo and when they were recording that album that whole winter it was in the low teens and so that's why they called it that so mm-hmm. i, I, I kind of love that low I, teens was true the story. <laughs> temperature <laughs> true, true story i had a friend of mine uh, you know decades ago who um called me up and said dude you gotta listen to this new band they're awesome called in utero oh like in (laughs) utero what the fuck are you talking about i'm like oh oh (laughs) i hate to break it to you buddy (laughs) he's like no 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 they're they're called in utero like uh okay thanks (laughs) (laughs) but he was just discovering nirvana on their oh yeah in utero just discovering yep yep and he was fun so yeah for example What's your relationship to music nowadays? If I pull up Spotify, these are my last searches. The Turtles, because I wanted to listen to that song that uh, De La Soul got sued for sampling. Um, Billy Joe Armstrong did a remake of That Thing You Do because Wayne Schlesinger died recently and they did that song for the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. John Lennon just released uh, my favorite John Lennon solo record. Actually, he's my still, favorite. Still putting Beatles. out music. <laughs> he's, he's still he's still kicking it. He, he clawed out of his coffin, grabbed the phone, and, uh, and and made a record. So no, they re-released the Plastic Ono Band as like a seven disc set with all oh, God. these well, outtakes on and that one. stuff on the studio, and, and they remastered it. So I was listening to John Lennon solo stuff. Uh, the Chicago movie soundtrack, because Baba mm-hmm. loves that, and I threw it on. Good one. Um, Guys and Dolls, because I, I mm. do like Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. Arthur Rubenstein, who's a classical pianist that my previously mentioned father-in-law turned me on to. Uh, Rita Coolidge, because for some reason her song popped into my head the other day. Close the windows, drown the light, oh, Lou, and it will other, be all right. Uh, you know, Lou, in other words, <laughs> you've right. turned into your father-in-law. Uh-huh. That's, what that's what your Spotify list is pretty much telling us. And then when you go down the list, I got Deftones in there. I got the new Mr. Bungle, which is a killer thrash album. Um, Telegram Sam, Bauhaus, remake right. of wait, a wait, T-Rex wait, wait, wait a second. Did you, say, did you say new Mr. Bungle? Yeah! Because, I mean... They've been yeah. around fucking forever. Yeah, they don't pop their head up too much, but they did actually a remake of their demo record before they became like weird, funky art band. Their first record was a straight thrash record. And so he recruited Scott Ian and Dave Lombardo because he needed some thrash all-stars to pull this thing off. And it's just uh, 
Yeah, it's it's a thrash album. It's seven minute songs. It's fifty changes, a ton of tempo changes. Um, scream your head off. It's really good. The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. Um, that kicks ass. That came out this year. Huh. Uh, the Ramones. Jimmy Smith is a jazz piano player. Chubby and the Gang. That's a good punk uh, album. That's kind of new. So yeah, basically I've got one new thing in there and a bunch of old stuff that I'm mm-hmm. looking at for the second time. REM for some reason I'm looking at them recently. How about you, Brad? What's on your Spotify uh, search list? You know, I brought it up, man, and this is like here we much, go. <laughs> uh, illustrates where I'm at. I'm not even bringing up music. I'm. It's all podcast. Like if I'm if I'm uh, like working or something. That's what I have playing. I don't have music playing. I have podcast. Uh, uh-huh. And that's what I was I was thinking. Way too cerebral. Way too cerebral. Well, I was thinking, I think part of it is that what you're very passionate about changes throughout life, right? Like at different points of your life. And I think for a lot of people, music is something they're really passionate about when they're younger. And then as you get older, you still like music, but your your true passions change. Like for me, for instance, you know, I'm more like I'm a history nerd and I'm into writing books now about it and researching it and stuff like that. And that's where I get amped up. I mean, that's what I get really excited about and passionate about. So I think that is part of the whole music thing for me is because that has displaced music is like where my true passion is. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, but so, you got to have a ghetto for music somewhere in your life. You don't listen to music anymore. You just listen to White yeah, people talking on music podcast. is your life, so I listen to podcasts all the time. <laughs> what? No, no, music is used to be my life. That's what I'm saying. It's not such a big thing in my mm-hmm. life anymore. I but see. I still listen to it. Of course, okay. I still listen yeah. to it. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like for instance, if I'm like I've been taking up running again, right? Um, so I go running in the morning before I start work, and uh, so I listen to music then. But again, man, it's like old pretty much it's a 90s playlist you know everything from uh old sound garden to i got went through a red hot chili peppers um phase recently where i got back into them like their older albums like mofo uplift party plan stuff like from that era not the newer stuff so yeah that's that's where my music is and then if i'm writing i like to put on jazz like 50s blue note era jazz 50s and 60s era stuff um so that's where I'm at musically right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I think uh, I think we all miss the stash panda Brad of the early 90s. Can we bring him back for a second? <laughs> 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 oh, man. Well, I, yeah, I mentioned it before, like I, I hate to admit it, but I, I do not have a um, Spotify account. I consume a lot of my music on Pandora. And it's not an endorsement for Pandora, but it's, you know, I've had this account forever. But one of the things I really like about Pandora is you put on a station, you know, uh, you seed it with a song that you like or an artist that you like. And you, and don't, know what you, you don't know what the fuck Pandora is going to play. And and a lot of times, um, you know, Pandora end up playing you stuff. You're like, what the fuck? And you're, you know, skip, skip, skip. This sucks. And you kill that station or whatever. But occasionally pandora just gets it really really right and and by right i just mean like it just clicks with you your you, you know your musical interests and musical desires and you see the station with something that you know and maybe it's, maybe it's obscure maybe it's something that some classic that you love or whatever and that the station just evolves over time and just keeps throwing you really 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 good shit so like for me it's not about what i've searched for on spotify and said like show me this song show me this artist it's like what station have i listened to recently that you was a mix of crap that I've heard a hundred times before, but I like, as well as shit that I had never heard before that's fresh. And I'm like, hmm, okay, this is pretty damn interesting, right? And for me, a lot of it has been uh, EDM. So, yes, I'm, I'm down with the metal. I'm down with the thrash and the stuff that you're talking about. Not so much the show tunes, but um, a, a lot of EDM uh, stations that I've got on Pandora have just been playing some really, really fantastic stuff lately. Um and uh yeah so like I'm, is there a couple names you can give us well uh, we should be listening well, to and, and i know this isn't really skrillex it, so oh well my. sure yeah 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 <laughs> so um yeah well if you guys have been following the whole saga with uh bass nectar 
and we won't no. get into that. That's, that's probably a whole other that's a whole other podcast. But that that was an interesting one. So what this isn't EDM really uh, by by any means, but it's kind of EDM ish. Is a uh, Bishop Briggs and Bishop and I mentioned her before. Absolutely, absolutely amazing artist. Um, but if you make a station with Bishop Briggs, two G's B R I G G S, you will guaranteed get some really good electronic and alternative and kind of like industrial-ish type of stuff thrown in that station that's um that's going to be fantastic and and oh. she's the woman behind bass nectar no no relation to whatsoever i just threw out bass nectar because um it was i was basically googling a bunch of that shit listening to bass nectar but also like getting into the um background of the group well it's basically a single artist right but um, all right what's this yeah. broad's name again bishop b-i-s H O P Briggs. B okay. Briggs. Briggs. B R I G G S. B is a problem. R I G G S. Yeah, fantastic stuff. See, that and makes me, that makes me a little envious to hear that because that means you still got the passion for the music. Like you're for show. For show. You're like entering oh, these oh, artists. You're kind of getting into them. You're like researching what they're all about. That's what it's all about. Well, <laughs> no, don't don't go that far, man. So yes, on the music passion for sure, without a doubt. But diving into like the history of artists and stuff, I still do that very very rarely. And the oh. only reason I, you know, the only reason I bring up is some of the EDM stuff is just because it's like actually like made the news. You know, it's like oh my gosh, you know this turns out this guy is like a super douchebag and like you know blah blah blah, you know whatever. So um, only when it's like you know interesting and 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 topical but um like diving into like the 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 history of the artists and you know the whole background and stuff is really not my bag okay okay well that's good and i still i've never given up i still try like every time the year-end lists come out i'll listen to 50 of them i'll look up what's the best 50 album 50 heavy metal albums of 2000 and i'll blow through them and it's like this sounds like the, this sounds like Maiden. This sounds like Thrash. This sounds like something else. This sounds like something else. This is this is fucking awful. This is awful. And I'll go through literally 200 artists and maybe find well, a couple. One diamond in the rough. On to, yeah, one oh, diamond in the rough, yeah. but it's yeah, totally. Sure. I, I do think we've kind of hit a sort of hit a wall like the next step you're talking about is if guitar there's only so many things you can do on a guitar bass and drums and then you've got the electronic thing and so it goes to that and there's probably a hole similar to the metal tree there's an electronic tree i know i like my electronic music a little more wicked i like it industrial i like it yeah. don't like it to sound like it's imitating instruments i like it to sound you're a nine inch nails guy yeah, I'm a Nine Inch Nails guy, mm -hmm. ministry guy. I mm -hmm. I like Skrillex. I'll probably like Bass Nectar. Um, so yeah, but as far I as I hear you, I I do understand why the rock is dead because there's not a lot of new places to take it. And yeah. so if the next instrument is the EDM and stuff you make with the computer, but this was pretty cool. And the guy I mentioned before, Rick Beato, he'll uh, he kind of is a old school uh, career studio musician and he'll take songs and break them down. And he does a great YouTube podcast called what makes us a great song, but he'll also do like, here's the top 10 songs on Spotify today. And he'll listen to them and he'll tell you what they're doing. And mm -hmm. one of the things he talked about with new mm -hmm. rock, and this is like back in the day when you would have them do a hundred takes of a song to get the perfect track or the rhythm, right? Now you just do two or three takes and you uh, and you just put it in the computer and you can yeah post if it. if the drums off you can sync it so that the drums are perfect and he played a couple songs he was like I I'm not picking on these guys I just picked it randomly but every song of the last twenty years sounds the same and like yeah. they take the drum pattern and they match it up perfectly so that every beat is on the beat and you totally lose any groove you totally lose any feel zeppelin van halen and then i heard i found another one that they took van halen running with the devil and they ran it through the uh the pro tools and they made the beat perfectly and it sounds shitty i shouldn't yeah. say it sounds shitty it still <laughs> sounds good but it took all the feel out of it yeah a lot of it's just a band grooving but when you make it perfect 
you take all the soul out of it. So that's mm, another yeah. reason why yeah. rock is dead is because they're so yeah. enamored with the technology yeah. that they want to shift the pitch so that the pitch is always perfect and nothing's ever out of key. And they want to switch the timing on the drums and the guitar and the yeah. bass yeah. so that everything is perfectly on time. And by doing that, you're kind of robbing the feel and the soul and what, what made those great songs to begin with. Right. That's that's a re- really really interesting point. You know, in the last episode we talked about like you know bands that have or or songs with like in, ridiculous lyrics and you know picking apart the lyrics and you know blah blah blah. Right. But you, you know, Lou, you bring up a really good point. Like I think we all have you know, a couple of songs that we could pull up that like we really like the song, but the way it was engineered is shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 then, then there's the flip side too, where like this. It's like, I don't know about this song, but the engineering is just fucking spot on. And they just really fucking nailed the way it was recorded right there. So it goes goes both ways. But I think we could probably all pull up examples of some songs that like this song is really, really cool, but it sounds like shit. And this song, you know, sounds great. But the song's like, eh, it's OK. Right. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what for me, what my beef with current hip hop is, too. I think you nailed it, Lou, is that. It it all the like groove and soul and funkiness and humanity has just been taken out of it. You know, they just come up with these really generic samples or you know generic beats, and they put it through Pro Tools and they kind of use uh, Auto Tune to, <laughs> to make the voice sound a certain way. God, I hate Auto Tune. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it all sounds, and it makes it sound so everything sounds so generic it all sounds the same to me yeah that's really what you see by the technology has kind of compressed the range of what music can be into this narrow yeah. band so all rock sounds the same all hip-hop sounds the same i don't know man yeah. I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna come back to my my older argument that's like yeah but right there's still the same now as it ever was where there's exceptions right there there are bands that are just do it better than the rest right so so even if you're saying like as eh, all sounds the same eh, there's still going to be bands out there that are just doing sure. it way better and you're just like damn yeah right there yeah i got three of them always, yeah. that. I, always idols that. idols is super good i-d-y-l-e-s chubby and the gang and every mm-hmm. time i die mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. there's three go there you go there you go do you guys uh you mentioned kind of going through like you know top top 20 and end of year like lists and shit like that you guys um you guys down with the uh 500 the rolling stones 500 greatest songs of all time they refresh that every year too or every couple of years i think maybe not every year but every so often that's a great that's a great greatest song or greatest record or greatest artist songs greatest rock songs of all time 500 greatest rock songs of all time from rolling stones what's usually number one is it like fucking stairway it's it's, no that's the cool thing though it's not ranked it's not there's no rank to it at all it's it's 500 songs but there's no you know it doesn't matter whether it's one or 500 or, or 23 it's it's just a list of 500 songs and it's pretty broad genres of yeah. of stuff that you know it, it's they call it you know quote unquote rock songs but there's some hip-hop stuff in there there's some metal there's some some classical shit i mean there's it's 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 pretty broad it's just a good list it's a really good list. country it's a really good country and there's some gospel stuff it's it's a good list yeah i've seen that before i i don't think i've kept up on it in the last few years but i know what you're talking about jeremy yeah that's a fun good yeah, and, and like you said, Lou, you know any Lou, any list you go through that you, you're gonna pick out stuff like ah, this crap, I don't want to ever listen to this. I don't care, don't care, don't care. But uh, the gems, man, the gems are are worth it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Well, what is so we we've talked about the music. What's the next segment? Like uh, I forget what we're well, talking you know, about. Real quick, Brad. You know, before we move on to another segment, um, we should just real quick talk about like. Is this a podcast, right? So I, I'm. This has been an awesome conversation. Super, super enjoyed it. But is it a podcast, right? Like, could you imagine episode after episode after episode <laughs> of us three mofos talking about uh, how music just isn't as good these days as it was, you know, in the '80s, right? Like, would that be a decent podcast? And you know, discuss. I think it would get annoying pretty fast. I mean, I think this particular episode, hopefully. 
for anyone tuning in, you know, it, it kind of stimulated some some thinking about their own relationship with music. But for an ongoing podcast, no, I think we would just be whiny and irritating <laughs> really fast. It's we're gonna be Grandpa Simpson. Yeah, we're just, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. <laughs> I had an onion tied to my belt, which was a style at the time. I took the train to Morganville to Shelbyville. Yep. 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 So that, I just pulled it. I just pulled it up, Jeremy, and they do rank those 500 songs. And I will tell you what the number one song of all time is. I didn't, Wait, I didn't let me guess. Actually, guess. Right. all right, take a, take a guess, Brad. What you got? Now you, you said "Stairway to Heaven," and that's a good that's a good contender. But I'm gonna say um, Billy Holiday. No, Rock not songs. Holiday. I'm not talking Strange Fruit. I'm going to say uh, Give Me Shelter. All right. Good choice. Jeremy, what you got? Mm. Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yes. It's Like what? a Rolling Stone. Number two. Rolling is... Stone. Yeah. Number, Number two is Satisfaction. Number three is Imagine. Number four is Marvin Gaye, What's Going On. Aretha Franklin, Respect. Now, now, are, you, are you sure that they are, they are actually actually ranking these yeah number six the beach boys good vibrations i think they're ranking them yeah number seven's johnny be good number eight is hey jude number nine is smells like teen spirit something not from the 60s number 10 rounding out the top 10 is ray charles what i'd say mm-hmm. see it's a good list right it's a good list no yeah. matter what, it's a good list I can and go down to like number 497 and it's still good shit. Number 500, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Shop Around. Yep. 499, ooh, ooh, I don't dress like Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackson Brown, Running on Empty, Brown Sugar, <laughs> Gloria <laughs> Gaynor, I Will Survive, Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll. Cushion Disco. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. See? Top of there the list, bottom of the list, middle of the list, anywhere you go, good shit. Good shit. Number 300, Zeppelin, Black Dog. There you go. There you go. All right. So, yeah, this this might be a, a recurring segment. Yeah, we, we can get, come we on can, and we can grouse. Revisit. revisit. We, we, I, I suggest, though, if we revisit this, we get specific, right? Like pick something very specific to talk about, right? And I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I'm just I'm just riffing. Well, we do have to avoid music sucks and only like the music. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that will get annoying. Yep. <laughs> It'd be annoying to us. I'm sick of that. <laughs> Three old guys bitching about stuff. <laughs> now, there oh, you that sounds that like exactly a good podcast. Good that, that does that sound be good. a good podcast. Yeah, yeah I, I would listen in. I'd, I'd listen in a lot. All I think right. you might be onto something there, Jeremy. Yeah. I think that could be a, a possible candidate. In my day, <laughs> Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. Give me five <laughs> bees for a quarter, you'd say. Uh, all right. All right. Coming in at number 183, Booker T and the MGs, Green Onions. All right. All right. Well, one of these days we're going to get our fucking act together and we'll actually be able to play like little clips of music without getting sued. <laughs> and it would be, it'll be glorious it will be glorious you, uh, you can do up to what four or five seconds something like that There's i don't know it's, it's as long as lose as long as lose um boombox cassette player will will play without garbling up the cassette tape you want to hear some more grandpa <laughs> no never mind what the hell sorry <laughs> Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. Give me five bees for a quarter, you'd say. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. The important thing was that I had an onion on my belt, which was a style at the time. They didn't have white onions because of the war. The only thing you could get was those big yellow ones. <laughs> oh, all right. There's uh, your old I had man. A I had a nickel. <laughs> <laughs> all right brad <laughs> wrangle us up man <laughs> put this train back on the tracks <laughs> all right well we're nearing our uh our last 10 minutes 
and um, one of you guys, I think it was Lou, put up, put up that uh, we don't know shit about segment of our podcast is should be about cars. Like we've done, I don't know shit about sports. Mm-hmm. And this week it was proposed that we do, I don't know shit about cars. Mm-hmm. I think Jeremy, Jeremy, you're the only one out mm-hmm. of the three of us that is really car savvy, I would say. Oh, right? I know shit about cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know shit about cars. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I, I don't even, I'm with Lou. Like, I, I really don't know. Okay. All right. Uh, well. So set it up, Jeremy. Yep. What are we yep I got it. Okay. All right. We're, we're going to get deep into cars here. And, and, and like always, we want a, a, a don't know shit about opinion. Okay. So, so one thing I was reading about that I thought was pretty interesting is in the pandemic, in a crazy ass COVID enabled world, one thing that has kind of, um, bucked the trend if you will is ultra expensive supercars right so you know you know what i'm talking about like super like high-end super ferrari expensive. lamborghini lamborghinis kind of ferraris you know, you know bugattis and all this kind of shit right like supercars ultra cars all the all this crazy uh shit those have been doing exceptionally well lately like like they're they're selling out and these companies are building you know newer crazier more expensive models and they sell out instantly and like the market's on fire despite you know crazy pandemic you know global apocalypse type of shit right so just kind of made me think like okay i I think we can all relate to back you know our like our high school days when maybe we had posters of like a you know lamborghini countach or a ferrari testarossa or or uh um you know farrah fawcett majors on our wall right yeah so but now like i i just i can't i can't help but thinking like what is what is the value to us as a society of having a multi-million dollar car that you know 20 ultra rich mofos will be buying right is there is is there value to that kind of crazy ass car that sure maybe it makes a poster that you know some high school kid spanks off to but is ultimately <laughs> is is there value to us as a society of having just these ridiculous ultra exotics well i i think and i can only speak to this because i just heard a podcast the things brad listens to when he's not listening to music the Perfect. cannonball run is a real thing oh yeah and yep. it's a uh, it's from this one garage in new york and it goes to this hotel outside of los angeles mm-hmm. and i think it was a mm-hmm. author car and driver suggested this and he was like hey a bunch of people come out let's see Rock how we can was get... involved and yep. yeah and Absolutely. so i think the original record was like and no one showed up and they said, well, let's do it anyway. And they, I think it was like 53 hours. And that record stood for like 25 years. Um, and then, uh, uh, and so there was a whole science to the cannonball run. Like one, you can't take a Ferrari or a Lamborghini because you don't want a car that attracts attention. So they would kind of take something that's looks like a regular sedan and you put extra gas tanks on it. And one guy actually tried to take an, a van that was to look like an ambulance <laughs> oh yeah and yeah. so speeding ticks are a part of it if you're going through cities you want to try to time it so you're hitting them at night and i think those records stood forever but because of covid all of a sudden that record was broken like 50 times in the last year because there was that part where there was no cars on the road and oh. now I think the record, it was fucking crazy. It's like 25 hours from L.A. to New York and an average what? speed of over 100 miles an hour. Oh, no shit. Everyone took advantage of this oh time God. of no traffic. Oh, my God. And, that's fucking uh, crazy. So I wonder if that's why people are buying up Bugattis and Ferraris is now they can drive them. Or for that year, they could drive them on the road with not a lot of traffic. Well, e- even if that's not true, um, I'm, I'm going to fantasize that, that, that all these rich mofos are buy, buying their Bugattis and their Lamborghinis and their Ferraris and driving them, you know, 150 miles an hour on public roads, <laughs> even though they're probably not. Yeah, I've I saw a Bugatti one time and it was literally in Beverly Hills. We were in Southern California and this guy clearly parked it on the road to show it off. But I don't see those in Seattle. 
I don't even I've see Ferraris and Lambos in Seattle. When I lived in San Francisco, mm-hmm. California is a total car city. So you would see occasionally on the highway like a Ferrari or a Bugatti or a Lamborghini, but you never see them in Seattle. It's all Hondas and Toyotas and Nissans. We got plenty of Teslas. The Teslas, sure. Plenty of Teslas. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why they're buying them, but who cares what rich motherfuckers are doing with their disposable income? All <laughs> 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 right. All right. If they're not buying it to compete in the cannonball run, I don't care. Again, even if it's not true, I, I'm, my fantasy is going to be that they're gobbling up these supercars so that they can do the next cannonball and do all sorts of crazy shit on public roads and probably get arrested and show up on TMZ. Nice. (laughs) No, that's that is really interesting, actually, about the cannonball run thing and about people breaking the records during the pandemic. That's that's. uh, Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Consequences of of the pandemic that, you know, you don't really think about. But that's that's pretty interesting. That's it. I'm I'm buying a McLaren. Yeah. uh, Here I pulled it up. Uh, The last one was twenty five hours and fifty five minutes. Jesus, man. I mean, oh, shit. It, it was a 2020 oh, Ford, Ford Mustang GT uh, tricked out with additional fuel tanks. So he only had to stop one time for gas. Wow. What? Yep. And he oh, averaged he averaged 109 miles an hour. But what I want to know <laughs> is one of those like, Yakima racks on the roof there that was just like just full of gas. Probably. And made it just look like it was he was on a ski trip. <laughs> what I want to know is how did how did they avoid just getting pulled over like every ten minutes by cops? Because the cops are still out there. I just got a speeding ticket last week. Really? Where were we at? Uh, we went to Long Beach uh, for like a weekend getaway, and okay. I was coming back, and I was on 101. Yeah. And uh, I was going through a little town. I think it was Raymond, Washington. Yeah. And. It was on a stretch of 101 where there was uh, – it was just one lane in each direction, right? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I ended up behind some – the slowest car in the universe. <laughs> and, and that drives me crazy. Not like I want to go 100, but I at least want to go the speed limit, right? <laughs> so I'm stuck behind this car. Suddenly, we go through this town, which, again, I think it was Raymond, and it opens up to two lanes for about a quarter of a mile through the town, and then it goes back to one lane. So I saw my 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 moment of opportunity, and when it opened two lanes, I passed this guy. So of course I had to go faster than the posted speed limit in order to pass this guy. And there was a cop waiting there. I'm sure they they pull people over all the time for that exact same scenario. And speed the cop trap. Me over. Mm-hmm. It was a speed trap, yeah. Um, and I was I was going over. Uh, it was a 35 mile per hour zone, and he clocked me going 40. 86. No, No, it was was 48. Well, I wasn't like, it wasn't even, it it wasn't any like crazy speed or anything like that. It was just enough to pass this guy. Um, So hearing your story about the cannibal run, how did these guys go across the country going like 100 plus miles an hour the whole time and not get, well, they're not not going on 101 through bumfuck Washington, (laughs) first of all. But I mean, even the state yeah, they're not patrol, going through the pay- major oh. highways. You got the state patrol, and they're out there. They got you know they're waiting for speeders. They're 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 licking their chops at some Ferrari, you know, hauling ass. Even well, during the think, pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, right. But also, like, if traffic is slowing down to a trickle, right? Though those highway patrol and those local police or whatever, I mean, they're they're going to be dialing back their activities, right? No, no, no police department's going to want to have a bunch of Smokies out there trying to look for speeders when there's no fucking traffic, right? So they're <laughs> they're going to be dialing back too. So I think it's it's probably you know they're they're flexing with the amount of traffic. So as traffic dies down, so does the chance of you getting busted, right? You must be right. I can't imagine any other scenario. Yeah. yeah, and if it's 25 hours, you can just luck out and not hit a road. I remember one time coming back from Grand, Oregon, and a, my niece's friend needed to catch a plane at SeaTac, and we had to get there in four hours, and I went 80 the whole way. And in fact, at one point, my father-in-law was like, where are all the cops? You've been going 80 the whole way. You're like, shut up, old man. <laughs> we just lucked it. We just lucked out. Hey, shut up, old man. Roll down the window and throw out my empties. Yeah, <laughs> shut up or I'm going to start playing some heavy metal. 
<laughs> All right, boys. Well, you know, well, next time, another episode, we could discuss car-related documentaries, of which there have been multiple ones made for Cannonball. Some of them are pretty damn good. <laughs> Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2, Jamie Farr, oh, Burt Reynolds, oh. look out. I don't know about that. Before we get off of I don't know shit about cars, let me ask you guys, uh, what was your first car? Uh, Mine was a Buick LeSabre convertible. Oh, Uh, yeah. Convertible. It was a a boat. I mean, this thing was, uh, you know, like three parking spaces. Top work? What's that? Yeah, the top top work. work. Yep. Wow. Wow, that's impressive. Nice. It it did work. But uh, it was, was, um, I just ran that thing into the ground, man. I mean, uh, it was a gift from my grandparents. <laughs> like a year <laughs> later, it was pretty much non-operational. It was their old car. <laughs> yeah, they ham- it was their it old down. car. Yeah, they handed yep. it down to me. Mm-hmm. So, nice. what about you guys, Jeremy? My first ride was a 1969 Datsun 510 four-door saloon. And saloon? It was, it was you well, like a guy in the back playing piano. Saloon. <laughs> A fight breaks out and <laughs> That's what we called him. No, that car was great. People playing cards in the trunk. That was great. Yeah. Dotson five ten. Yeah, Google that shit. Dotson five tens now are super hot. I wish I wish I still had one. It was it was a cool car. Sixty nine, ran great, four door, awesome little car. It was um it was an import from Mexico and it had uh, stenciled on the side uh Taxi Libre. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which was, was a thing in uh, some some Mexican towns and yeah. oh yeah, but did you pick that out yourself? Was it a hand me down? How'd you come on that car? No, it was like a total random find. This was in in Santa Fe, New Mexico, just like driving down the road, you know, with my parents one day, and and uh, it was like sitting on the side of some random road with like a for sale sign or whatever, and and uh, I was like you know 15 or something. I think my dad was just like. Hey, uh, there's a car for sale. We should start, you know, thinking about, you know, uh, you, you know, cars and stuff. It's like, I wonder how much that is. And we ended up like the next day or, you know, two days later or so whatever, we just like, you know, drove up to the guy's place and like some old dude and, you know, in the house or whatever. And he, I think he was wanted, he wanted like $300 for it. And we talked him down <laughs> to $250 and, <laughs> and then uh, like four months, four months later, I promptly totaled it. <laughs> you uh wrap that around a tree or, or yeah pretty much yeah flipped it flipped it doing uh taking a curve in the rain that was <laughs> no. that was one of one of my largest and first boneheaded maneuvers as a as a driving quasi adult nice you got jeremy's own cannonball run from the mall back to high school that was my cannonball cannonball run Uh, Lou what was your first car it it was uh, it was a half car half truck actually you guys want to guess what that might be yeah I was going to say Subaru Brat with the two uh, bucket seats in the trunk yeah, or in yeah. the tail. Basically yeah, that. there was pretty much only three of them. There was the Brat, there was the El Camino, and there was the Ford Ranchero. Ranchero, yeah. But yeah, yeah I had a 1970 El Camino, and it was uh, modified. I think they came with a 289, and it was uh, the guy put a Chevy 350 in it with cherry bombs, which is like Ooh. a glass pack muffler so that it goes, which is just a fucking cop magnet it was a pretty badass car but i actually lost my license in that car because i got six tickets in a year (laughs) (laughs) and not even because i'm that much of a lead foot it's like that car was just such a cop magnet they would hear it and just start following me so yeah great car but glad i got rid of it who the hell greenlit you getting that as your first car that person should be fired from adult parenting duties well, it, it was my mom, and it was she didn't even think it through. It was kind of one of those things where uh, Louis seventeen. I'm gonna buy him a car. I think it was seven hundred bucks. I put in three fifty. My mom put in three fifty, and she was like, "Hey, Ted's got his El Camino. He wants to seven wants to sell you." And I looked at it, and the stereo was awesome. I was like, "All right, I'll take it." So 
I didn't think it through. All right. Well, well got to yeah. learn those life lessons sometime. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, see when you're 16. <laughs> yeah, my next car, a Toyota Celica, that I drove the same 15 miles an hour of the speed limit at all times, and I got zero tickets. So I learned my lesson there. There you go. I'm, I'm going Cannonball Run style, inconspicuous. Uh-huh. Truman asked me the other day, he was like, uh, I, I saw these license plates, and you can get whatever you want on them. Can we do that? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm anonymous. I don't want to... Uh, some guy that I just pissed off to be able to look at and like, oh, uh, Pantera just pissed me <laughs> off. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, kid, get get yourself a custom plate that says 42069. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I want to be anonymous on the road. And since then, that's what I've carried with me. Yep, yep. Yep. All right, so uh, are we going to wrap it up? <laughs> we are going to wrap it up, boys. All right, Brad, take uh, us out. some good shit, man. So this was a great episode. Uh, I believe, Jeremy, you're back on hosting duties next episode. Yep, I'm down. Uh, and until then. Until then, was... click the button. Tell us you like, like it. Like and subscribe or whatever. Please leave <laughs> comments. We read them all. That's right. Oh, and uh, Every single Jeremy, one. I don't know. Me and Brad both have Spotify, so we might be able to hook this up. But oh, yeah, Barbara was telling me that we can post the ship for free on Spot Spotify. What? Our, our yeah. new sponsors are Spotify. That's right. Sweet. <laughs> so they Done they don't charge done. like Apple does. So we can put it on there. All right. All right. I'll 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 have my my tech savvy son look into it. Okay. Good man. <laughs> All right, All right Brad. Take us home. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Peace. Later. Peace.